Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast <laughs> with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at Gleeful Podcast, I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative, and he's at Edward Giordano. Edward, how are you tonight? I am doing okay. Um, t- t- Tonight's been like a crazy, I mean, the whole day's been a crazy day because I woke up like, after like 30 minutes of sleep, and then I... <laughs> Then, 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 I mean, not there. It was more like three hours. And then I had a test that I had to study for right, right when I woke up. So I like, and I was running. Then of course I was running. So I got in the shower. And then of course I was running late for the for the bus. But I run to the bus, barely make the bus. Then I study for the test, take the test. The test went well. And then I had a test in my dance class a little bit later. So I had to like go over the booze in my head while code monkeying. And then after I w- did my dance thing, which went pretty well, then I had to like code monkey for hours. And I was, then I was like twittering my my one of my managers at, at work. I was like, uh, I'm gonna be late. And then I was <laughs> and I was like, I was even late for even what I said I was gonna be late for. And so I barely made it to work. And then. Then at 10 o'clock, I got off and I ran to the computer lab to code monkey some more. And then, and I don't know, then other people have problems. It's been a, it's been a long, <laughs> it's been a long day. How are you doing, Jen? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good, thank you. Um, Not as interesting as that. <laughs> I, uh, I had no code monkeying going on today and I'm kind of, kind of envious. I had a little, I had a couple little design projects I was working on and a lot of reports. It's, you know, the beginning of the month, a lot of port reports running. So when I run reports at work, I also watch TV at work, so I was telling everybody just before you got on that I discovered uh, the TV show Revenge, and I watched the first two episodes online today, and I really liked it. Now, Ed, did you get when I sent you uh, uh, when I sent you the song Code Monkey? Yeah, I, well, that's what I was referencing. Oh, okay. it's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the whole that was that was the reference. Okay, and, oh. and a little side note. Um, I think on our fourth year of dating on Valentine's Day, Josh rewrote the lyrics to Code Monkey. No, I didn't. I rewrote the lyrics to uh, Soft Rock. Oh, Soft Rock. I'm sorry. Yes. I thought it was Josh. I thought it was Love Monkey. No. So you did Josh Rock. I okay. did Josh Rock. Another Jonathan Colton song, which was Soft Rock, and he changed it to Josh Rock. <laughs> and that's kind of naughty. So anyhow. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, everything is Long everything day. is good here. Uh, it is Jennifer and my second anniversary on Monday, so Woo-hoo. we have all well, kinds happy of happy anniversary. Stuff. Thank you. Well, uh, yeah, two years of marriage. Yeah, how crazy is that? And uh, <laughs> we haven't talked too much on the show, but I work at DreamWorks now, at DreamWorks Animation, and uh, yeah. so my life revolves around Puss in Boots right now. <laughs> it's like everything I do is <laughs> and like I'm so excited about Puss in and Boots. service of Puss in Boots. Even before so. the whole DreamWorks thing, I've been obsessed with that character uh yes well he's quite funny and he's and voiced he's by antonio banderas. antonio banderas now if antonio banderas came on the lot sometime 
and walked by my office, you, that would be awesome. You would have to call me, and I would leave right away, <laughs> and I, I would I would burst onto the lot. <laughs> that would be pretty hilarious. Be like, hello. Where is Antonio? <laughs> Where did he go? Uh, but they, he has a private entrance, so yeah. he doesn't need he doesn't need us. Um, but anyway, we are here to talk about Glee for and a half minutes in, uh, and so <laughs> we're here to talk about Glee episode season three episode three entitled Asian F. Apparently, an A minus is an Asian F, God. which means uh, I was not an Asian student. Yeah, uh, and I did a lot worse than that. Seriously, um, and we so yes, we, but we had a uh, um, but Asian F, and uh, you know a lot of people, the critics and such, loved this episode. Uh, the actually, let's take a listen to. As I look it up, where did it go? Da-da-da-da. Let's listen to listener Steffi. Hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is listener Steffi from Orange County, and I have a really interesting question for you guys. I want to know, um, you know, in the days leading up to this episode, Asian F, um, critics were saying that this was going to be the best Glee episode ever because um, Fox, you know, let the critics view it earlier than the rest of the public. And then earlier today, I guess the cast had a special viewing, and after they saw it, the whole cast was tweeting about how amazing the episode was. I was wondering whether you think that all the hype and the the, um, publicity leading up to the episode actually helped or did not help the uh, effect of the episode. I thought it was an amazing episode, too, but I just want to know if you guys feel like the hype took away or added an extra special something to uh, watching it. So, yeah, that's my question. Um, Love the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. And yay, Glee! Uh, well, Jennifer, you yeah. know, even even Cory Monty posted a YouTube video where he said he would pay twenty dollars to anybody who <clears throat> didn't like the episode. So, Jennifer, does Cory Monty owe you twenty dollars? Okay. Um, honestly, no, because I missed all of the hype. I think if I had <laughs> read that beforehand, I might have said, okay, you know, maybe. But no, I thought it was a really good episode. I thought. Just just watching it, it had that, you know, quick pace. It had that, you know, the the dramatic turns. It had, you know, a, a addressing certain issues that I, I think we've kind of missed a little bit. Um, so, no, I, 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 it's really hard for me to answer this because I had, I had no expectations other than my enjoyment of last week's episode, which I really liked, and this week I really liked as well. So... Um, Corey, we're good, but you know, <laughs> hey, if you want to meet up for a drink, you know, we can we can meet up at Maves. You know where that is. Uh, and Ed, does uh, does Corey Monteith owe you twenty dollars? He certainly does not. But I will say that although this episode was epic, it was only an A minus. The uh, it was an Asian F. <laughs> it was an Asian F. Oh, 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 oh. So Nicely done. True. This bump. So, so true. <laughs> um, the the uh, Harry Shum parts were really, some of those were really touching. Yeah. But, and, and the musical the musical part with Mercedes and with, the, with everyone was also really great too. There were some really great modern songs and there were some musicals too. So it was well balanced there. The, the face, the, the pace was fast. Everything I thought was 
almost almost a plus level the only issue i have really is because i i truly still believe this and i think and i think this is why i feel this way about mercedes is i feel like the writers really don't believe in mercedes as a character huh. and and they they're giving her stuff there because people have been demanding it but i don't feel the genuineness from the storyline like legitimate like like it's just not happening and i think it's because they really don't believe in her as a character and they're just forcing us to have a plot line and i think i think that's why i've never truly connected with mercedes and why and this is why this episode isn't the a plus that it should be because mercedes just isn't there's something missing there's something missing i i I kind of agree with you, Ed. Uh, the thing, for me, I felt like it was an episode that had some great moments. There were definitely some great numbers in it. Um, you know, I mean, seeing Mike sing for the first time was really exciting. Like, Mike's family was really fun. Um, I like the idea of Mercedes as a character, like, leaving the Glee Club and going over to Shelby's team and then, like, taking members away and then they'll all have to reunite at the end. Like, I really like that concept. And there, there were lots of neat things in this episode, but then there were things that I just detested in this episode. Um, that the It's All Over number from Dreamgirls, I just freaking hated um the fact that like three of the numbers in this show in this episode of the six which is a lot but three of the six numbers in this episode were like out of reality musical numbers you know where rather than folded into the reality of the show we actually had kind of people singing and dancing in the halls and we'll usually you know we'll occasionally get one of those an episode but like half the numbers in this episode were kind of distractingly like that to me um but there was still lots of stuff i liked and i like that we continue with conflict and i like that things are happening and so yeah i mean for me it was it was like a b um it was like it was like an asian like really f uh (laughs) it was like a b episode i think i actually think that steffi had a really good point for me because i follow all these guys on twitter and i was watching the day of uh, i was watching on tuesday everybody on twitter coming out of that screening and being like i know i told you that last week was the best episode of glee ever but this is the best episode of glee and for whatever reason everybody tweets in that voice i didn't know but um kind of like a a a wrestling announcer exactly (laughs) uh and so like you know when when they're coming out and being and like no one said that in season two like not a single time in season two Uh did darren chris be like tonight's a really good episode i hope you like it not a single time but this year, like the first episode, people were like, hey, we're back. And then the second episode, everybody tweeted, oh, this is amazing. You guys are so excited. The best episode we've ever done. And then I saw it. And I was like, this is a really good episode. And then this week when they said it again, I expected the same. And I was a little let down really? at the end of the day. Because, I mean, again, at the end of it, I... I I wasn't because I mean, as Ed said, it was it was fast paced. It touched on a lot of things, and I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what your order of discussion is for this whole episode. But like the whole Mercedes thing seems to be kind of we got to start with Mercedes. Forefront. We got to start with Mercedes. And the thing is, I know like last year, you know, there was that 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 touch of diva behavior when when Zeisy's kind of got her all worked up, and mm-hmm. she's like you're going to get carried in and you're only going to get purple M&Ms and you're only going to, you know, you're not going to sing if this, this, and this, and this. And 
then it felt kind of misguided and juvenile. But in this particular case, like in, in, in this week's episode, I felt, okay, she has a legitimate case. It, it is always one way. It is never quite fair. Why would she have to share this time? So in all of these cases and in listening, granted their singing styles aren't exactly the same. I did feel that she sang in this particular song. I, I, I believe that she outsang Rachel. So listening to that and, and watching the whole thing, I kind of felt, you know what? She's justified. And now she's confident to make these demands based on her performances as opposed to based on what she thinks she deserves. And I, you know, I, I, I was really starting to root for her for the first time this time. Mm-hmm. There's another thing that kind of, I, I haven't read it. I haven't done a lot of reading on it. Does anybody else get the feeling that Mercedes is pregnant? I think, how could you not? Because the entire It's Not Over number is about Effie, Effie being, being pregnant. pregnant. Thank you. Okay. And <laughs> the fact that, you know, she she came on to the, you know, the booty camp and she's like, I just ate Subway and now I want to throw up. And Okay. But then I'm thinking, but how do can we they have another? Do that? Yeah, do we, again? Can we, do we have another pregnant? You know, but it's different because maybe you know because this time she's in a relationship with a specific guy, and if it's going to be anybody's, it's definitely probably going to be his. <laughs> and you know, maybe this would be an example of two students actually keeping the child. Anyhow. Okay, I'm glad I wasn't crazy and just being, you know, all paranoid. But I totally got that, and and I, we got lots of emails about it too. I think people were getting pregnant just from the context of the show, like yeah. just from the story of the show, and then oh, and especially the Effie people, song. people, you know. So that observation was made, and then when and these were even people that I would t- tell over Twitter how you know um, the entire it's not over number is Effie talking about being pregnant. Yeah. Now Amber Riley did tweet that Mercedes is not pregnant. But I, 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 I like, I, I mean, I don't know. I did watch Dreamgirls once, but I was like half asleep, so whatever. Um, <laughs> so I, I honestly did not I, get that from, from the entire episode that that Mercedes was pregnant. Like that didn't come to my mind literally at all. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've I just... thought they were, I thought they were just forcing storylines. <laughs> That's what I thought was happening. I, mean, I think I've just seen so many movies or tv shows where you know the the you know the female character is you know feeling kind of down and a little bit nauseous when you know never got nauseous on subway before but for some reason right now i'm nauseous on subway it's all all the it's it's all the telltale signs she was just like yeah dancing yeah (laughs) i mean it it could be trust me oh my god when i was on the ski team we used to have to run five miles and i was like oh i'm nauseous (laughs) well we got i wasn't pregnant five days a week so we got a ton of voicemails this week and here's the issue with the voicemails this week you guys uh we got a ton of them and um uh we're we're not going to be able to play all of them so just so you know we're not going to be able to play all of them however you guys have like totally taken my advice and you leave amazing voicemails so you're killing me here like it used to be you know we'd get 10 voicemails and like two of them would be good and then i'd play like five of them and i'd feel bad that i didn't get to play the other five but now you're all leaving dynamite voicemails so i apologize 
that I will not be able to get to all of them, but let's get to a couple. A lot of people wanted to talk about Mercedes, and here are a few. Hi, guys. This is Marie from Georgia. Um, last night, or this week's episode was pretty awesome. I liked it overall, especially the part with Mike Chang. He was just amazing. But um, I actually wanted to talk more about the Mercedes thing. Like, okay, she did have a really bad Sorry about that. Let's start that again. One more time, Marie. I was I was clicking a button, and as I'm clicking it, I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> That's going to turn off her message. All right. One more time with Marie. Hi, guys. This is Marie from Georgia. Um, last night, or this week's episode was pretty awesome. I liked it overall, especially the part with Mike Chang. He was just amazing. But um, I actually wanted to talk more about the Mercedes thing, like... Okay, she did have a really bad attitude throughout most of the episode, but I do agree that uh, she was, like, totally picking on her. And, you know, she really, I don't think she gets enough credit throughout the show in general. It is the Rachel Berry show, and I do think it'd be nice if she got something, but she does need to respond to it better. Is that just me? Um, anyway, keep it up, guys. Bye. Uh, now, of course, it all culminated in the diva off, uh, which was, uh, you know, pushed a lot on the show. We can go ahead and take a listen to that. Now, this is out here on our out on my own, which is from Fame, uh, which is it's one of the few songs in the remake of Fame that still kicks ass. Like, what's that girl's name? She's outstanding in the remake of Fame. Anyway, uh, but then the original, you got Irene Cara. Here's a bit of a out here on my own on the Gleeful Podcast. Here on my own, we're always proving who we are, always reaching for that rising star to guide me far and shine me home out here on. song on Naturi Naughton I was informed by Sabian <laughs> and a couple other people and uh, reminded a longtime listener in the chat room uh, Naturi Naughton was in the fame remake uh, but anyway we got to talk about um, first you know the, the first question is going to be who do you do who do you think sang it better but I think the more important question is who the hell thinks this is a diva off song this this is totally not a big like ballsy diva off number and yet this was the one they went with yeah i don't i mean maybe it's not an obvious diva off number i mean there are elements of the song that i think you you need to have not only the voice but the emotional connection to Mm -hmm. and the, the 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 presence to or the 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 captivating personality to you know, do this on the stage. 
And again, I, I mean, Rachel, I'm, okay, Lee Michelle has <laughs> incredible, incredible voice. For some reason, it was a little too smooth and um, control, not controlled, but like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't getting the emotional resonance that I was getting with, um, Amber Mercedes. Riley's. So okay, you, yeah. for, so for you, Mercedes, so for me, it was Mercedes, exactly. It was a very slight margin because the, and again, I think we talked about this last week. It's like when, when Rachel and Kurt were doing the whole, you know, um, defying gravity, mm-hmm. they, they spliced it together in such a way that I was like, I never got a full taste of one versus the other. And in this one, there were so many times it was so close, but I could tell when it was, when it was Rachel singing, it wasn't, it wasn't as raw or emotional. Whereas when it was Mercedes singing, it was just, just to me, just, just pure emotion. Mm. Well, I mean, great still diva off. Amazing. Like you, you know, if, if you were going to do a diva off, like anything by heart, like I can't live if living is without you, you know, <laughs> like, uh, it's all coming back to me Alone. now. Like there's great diva off songs. Ed, do you have a favorite? Like, can you think of a great diva off song that, that would have suited the bill or did this one work for you? Probably <clears throat> on my own would be the is what I would think of. But, oh, from uh, from Les Mis. Yeah, that's ah. what I that's what I thought of. But I mean, Grace Laurie did that, so that's probably yeah. why they didn't do it. Oh well, obviously. And who won the uh, who won the diva off for you? Their duet. Yes. Oh, the du- the duet one? The duet one. <laughs> like, together, they joined yeah, forces. T- t- together. I think I think they should double cast and have them on the stage at the same time. Just have, like, <laughs> just have them, like, uh, like, three feet to the left of each other, and they both do the same thing. Uh, listener Jen Shu in the chat room says, the best part of the diva off was Finn's excitement at winning the coin toss. <laughs> that was a pretty funny moment when Rachel won, and he went, yes! Like, it was a game. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I mean, I agree with you, Jennifer. In the case of that diva off, I actually did think Mercedes gave the better version of that song, that particular song. Um, you know, who would make a better Maria? I don't know. I mean, I, I, it would just be a different Maria. Well, and the other thing, too, is. And who like, are you going to put up against Blaine? Like, it yeah. Would, you know, I mean, obviously Rachel's going to look better with Br- Blaine. The other thing with, like, the character of Maria, it's always been kind of skewed because you had an actress who wasn't even the nationality of the character she was portraying and wasn't even singing you know like so you had one person singing one person acting and then like a whole exactly so like i think the iconic maria that everybody is always trying to fit into this role is really not even one person it's actually three people (laughs) so i think that's kind of a, a skewed well, yes. Yeah, it's, it's it's an issue to begin with. Visually, Maria is usually a tiny white girl, I'm, which yeah. obviously Rachel fits the bell. Mercedes is Maria actually doesn't bother me at all. Like oh. I think it could be it could be great to see her do that. I mean, it would be so different hearing like hearing her do you know somewhere would be entertaining. Hearing her do like I feel pretty seems like a little silly to me. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. Like we've never seen Mercedes act. We've only seen Mercedes belt out notes. Yeah. Like, whereas Rachel is always acting. 
She's always performing for <laughs> everybody in every aspect of her life. And that is part of, uh, you know, that is what makes her Rachel, right? Is that uh, she she's always performing. She's always on the ball. She's been performing since she was uh, or she she was very musically verbal. What was that? Um, is she singing in the womb or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, we had a couple other people that wanted to weigh in on Mercedes. Hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is Betsy from Salem, Massachusetts, also known as Theater Knitter. So, last night's episode, I was told it was going to be the best Glee episode ever. I just thought it was okay. Uh, all the storylines were good. Don't get me wrong. I, I loved the Mike Chang storyline. Uh, I thought that meeting Emma's parents was fabulous. I uh, thought that meeting Mike Chang's parents was fabulous. But I do believe that we have already had the storyline of Mercedes wanting to beat out Rachel. And I think it's the third season in a row we've had that. So, we get it. We get that Mercedes wants to be better than Rachel. Um, so, find something else. That'd be awesome. Um, and don't get me wrong, I still love the show, and I'm not going to stop watching. I just don't think this was the best episode ever. Uh, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was okay. But again, I kind of thought they were throwing too many storylines at us at once. And I thought, and it, it, actually, the music, musically, I thought it was just an okay musically episode musically. Um, I gave this episode a C. It was it was average. It was okay. I don't think it was the best. Um, so there you go. And really, we've met Emma's parents. We've met uh, <laughs> Quinn's parents. We've met um, Shu's parents. And we've now met Mike Chang's parents. And I think we've met Tina's parents. And I think there's a set of parents that we haven't met yet. And I think it's time. And they're really going to hold out <laughs> and make Rachel's dad until like, the very last episode. Time to meet Rachel's dad. Okay, bye. Well, when Absolutely. we saw them, when we when we saw them at Comic Con, yeah. uh, Ian Brennan said they'd actually written a scene with Rachel's dads in the pilot and then cut it. Yeah, because uh, they said it just you know they were like it's not really about the dads, it's about the kids. And I don't think at this point, I, I think right now there's so much anticipation that I think whenever that scene happens, everybody's going to be disappointed. Yeah, totally. I think that it's never going to live up to it because. I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, we already know what they look like. And unless they absolutely get those two guys, it's going to be really disappointing. Now, Ed, how did you feel about the music in this episode? Because we've had some pretty, uh, you know, musical theater heavy episodes up to this point. And this time you did have a couple musical theater songs. You know, Cool is obviously classic musical theater. But we also had something like, you know, we had Run the World, which is hot off the presses song. (sighs) Which Uh, is like one of the worst Beyonce singles ever. Thank you. Thank you. Like, like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Thank out some facts. You. I love <laughs> Diplo. I love Diplo, and and I I generally like Beyonce, but it's just not a good song. No. Like like with 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 this song particularly, if you listen to about three seconds of it, you're like, oh my god, this song is amazing. Then you listen to the whole thing, it's a hot mess. <laughs> Inversely. If you listen to, I, I was I, this like this is what I call the Gaga Beyonce paradox. If you if you listen to three seconds of the Gaga song, you're like, this is a hot mess. Listen to the whole thing, you're like, okay, it kind of works. <laughs> so so they're like they're like the they're the Gaga Beyonce paradox. It's like some kind of hourglass shape thing going on in space, tesseracts <laughs> and such. I could um, not agree more. The, my problem with Run the World, the Beyonce version, and then when I heard they were doing it on this show, I'm like, oh crap. Um, 
uh, which I totally sounded like that Kristen Wiig character from Weekend Update is like, God. I give it three gas. Um, but no, and my problem is there's no <laughs> hook to that song. I mean, like, I, there's I, no I, I really, like, when, when Hillary was doing it, I was like, I want to enjoy it. And then Santana came in. I was like, I really do want to enjoy this. <laughs> and, the, and like, the, and like just visually it was exciting. Cause like she was switching locations and scenes and dances. And it was, it was visually amazing. And then the song was just girls run the world. Yeah. It just never, it never. <laughs> One of the most, I believe in. I could, I think I could say this, the most failed Beyonce single ever. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of a worse one. So I'm gonna actually <laughs> like I'm like I'm trying to think of her like next lowest charting one, and that's probably Video Phone. But I believe it mm. still did better than this. I well, I mean, musically, I don't like If I Were a Boy because I don't. I listen yeah, to that song. It was absolutely massive, so you can't say it wasn't. No, idea. I'm saying musically, I just don't understand. I've listened to that song so many times, and every time it comes on, I'm like, oh wait, this is the time I'm gonna figure out what she's talking about, and I have no idea what she's talking about. Like, what is she getting at? If I were a she's, boy, she's just. I I, I be the hottest boy ever. If, if she was a boy, she wouldn't treat herself the way she's being treated. It's one of those. Well, yeah, it's, it's, totally, it's totally a <laughs> knockoff of that Sierra song that was that, that's is really good. Um, I can't think of the name of right now. But yeah, but I mean, that theme's existed before. It's not, it's not like it's original even to Sierra. Um, uh, so, oh, so, so, okay, musically, okay, I think, I think there was, I'm glad there was modern songs. That being said, it could have been better. And I wish, I don't, like, I do like Coldplay, but <laughs> but I, I and I do like Fix You. Yeah, it didn't it didn't resonate the way it should have resonated with no. me. So that and so I maybe I'm not sure. Maybe it wasn't exciting. That's I think that was the thing for me. If it and it it wasn't like such so emotionally driven that I'm like oh that this is taking it to the next level. It was just kind of there. And it might be partially because of Will's boy bandish aura that he emanates. <laughs> so it can't, like, I can't, like, it can't be raw. It's, like, not possible. He's, like, it's, like, uh, in the Backstreet Boys music video where they, like, they made it put the hands in their pocket because they couldn't, they could not move their hands. So, so that's, that's kind of Will right now. And if you look really close, you can see them moving their hands in their pockets. Have you exactly. noticed that? It's hilarious. Exactly. So, but let's go ahead and take a listen to Fix You. Uh, this is the first Coldplay song on the, so- on the show, which in the first season there was all that drama where they're like, Coldplay won't let us use their music. Um, I, I think I his wife some that their album's coming out input. in like a month. Coldplay's a album is coming out in a month? Yeah, my, or less than a month, October 25th, Milo Ox. So uh, apparently Holly Holiday had to sleep with somebody to get a early <laughs> release. Uh, well, here, let's go ahead and take a listen to Fix You on the Gleeful Podcast. When you try your best but you don't succeed When you get what you want but not what you need When you feel so tired but you can't sleep Stuck in reverse And the tears Come streaming down your face when you lose something. 
So we gotta talk okay, about fixing. Okay, okay. I, I want to say something. <laughs> Everybody the second, has like, the second that like, came on, <laughs> the second that came on, I knew exactly what it needed to do to, to to take to take it from where it was at to amazing. You know what they should have done? They should have they, they just started sorry with Will singing to singing to Emma like like he did, and then they could have cut to Blaine singing to Kurt, mm. and then Tina singing to Mike Chang, and then. Aww. Been seeking to Rachel, and they could do they like they could they could bring all the storylines back together with this song. That would have been good. Actually, been, been good. that would have made a lot more sense. And for me, taken a little bit off of taking a little weight off of the fact that, like, even after two seasons, wait, uh, Will is still trying to fix her. Like, I thought he learned that he's not supposed to fix her. He's just supposed to be there for her. Well, I do. I and mean, that that really rubbed me wrong. This is, I mean, this song is a beautiful melody. I'll give it them is. that. It's, the song is a beautiful melody, but the lyrics to this song are despicable, quite frankly. Like this whole concept where he's like, and and the way that they used it. I mean, so I I want to blame Will, but I also just like I hate this song in that the whole concept of this song is he's like, I'm gonna fix you. Like you are broken. And in some way, like I'm gonna come in with a piece of duct tape and wrap you up. Like there's, that doesn't work in humanity. That's what like sick people do to people that they are trying to love and they're just gonna ruin their lives. Or they're trying to make somebody who's not right for them, right for them. Exactly. It's like, it's it's like me saying, "I, I love you, but. And that just doesn't work. And exactly. You can never love a per- You have to love a person for what they are. You can never love them for what they could be. Well, you can also still love them for what they could be. But you, what, <laughs> what you can't love them is for what you want them to be. Even I, better. I think, that's, I think that's the issue. And the fact is, you know, like, she's been through this, you know, and... Yeah. They've been through this and it really bothered me and, and, and I know that you were really disturbed by that one line. Oh yeah. If you know, um when you get what you want but not what you need. It's like I oh. think that's the most like because I just want to strangle that person. I'm just like, oh, who is this? Who is this incredibly blessed person who's got all they ever, all they ever wanted, but they still don't have what they need? Like drying their tears with their dreams come true. Like I hate <laughs> these people. Yeah. Like, like that's classic. Like you know, like oh, my band has 18 number one hits, and I'm surrounded by girls and cocaine all the time. But, but I'm just need. not happy. Like bite me, okay? Like just bite me. Uh, but I, it. The other problem I had with this was that this isn't this isn't how Will was acting in this episode. Like at least the last couple episodes, Will actually he was making an effort. He wasn't trying to fix Change. her. He was standing up for her. Yeah. Like he didn't side with her parents and be like, "Wait, I'm going to smooth this out and make it better." No, he took her side and he said, "No, she's okay. I've got her back." And I love her for what she is. And then he sings this song, which is about exactly the opposite. Yeah. So in a way, I was more mad at the song than I was at Will. And then, I, okay, I, w- I want to say that I almost can bet that they had a few songs selected for this for this concept, and they yes. like they like see- they seed which one was cleared. And I'm sure they might have had one that was probably more fitting. But then Coldplay cleared it, so they're like, "Well, we have to do the Coldplay." Song. Yeah, it's a Coldplay <laughs> song, exactly. And it was a huge hit. Yeah, and it is it. 
I mean, it's a lovely melody. It is. It is. It is. Now, the other funny thing about this number, though, like just from, you know, a TV standpoint, because this is TV at the end of the day. The other funny thing about this number was when they cut to them all in the white shirts. Okay, he's standing at the front of the group. And as we all know, it's a little uh, it's a little awkward when Will sings with the kids. Uh, a little strange. And so at least, he, at least he isn't rapping with the kids. He was not rapping. Um, <laughs> or grinding on him. He, so he's right there. He's standing in front of her, right? And, uh, and and he's doing, or he's standing in front of all the kids. And he's doing this, like, like stomping his foot with the rhythm. And he's like, when you chat, dump, dump. And then if you look real close, Puck is, or, you know, uh, uh, Mark Salling is right over his shoulder. And Puck is kind of trying to do it, but he's not on the right beat. And it was so distracting. Every time they'd go to Puck, he was kind of doing this head thing, like back and forth, like head to the left, head to the right, like kind of a Stevie Wonder in time with the music. <laughs> it was so distracting. And, so, and then like they're all arranged in a perfect circle or in a perfect square uh, triangle, triangle by height. Yeah. But you have this big empty slot where Artie is. So you see like a whole bunch of heads, but you don't see Artie's head. And so it doesn't quite work. <laughs> It just made me laugh. It was not right. See, I used to notice a lot of stuff to begin with, but then when I started watching movies and TV with you, I noticed everything. <laughs> I, I notice everything. It, it tears me apart. <laughs> I don't remember everything. Drink. Everybody drink. Woo-hoo. Drink. Ed, you drinking? Uh, I I should be. Maybe I'll go buy some in a little bit. But <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's pretty late. I mean, I would have to go to the bar to do that, which I'm not opposed to doing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I just don't think I could go to the liquor store right now. And uh, but we purchase do have anything. A, oh, sorry. Um, we have this uh, message from listener Melanie. Hey, Justin and Ed. It's Melanie from Providence. Awesome episode last night. Um, uh, start to finish. Uh, my favorite part that was the end when. Um, Will and Emma scene, it was really very touching and supportive and moving and the sound I thought was perfect but best part of the whole episode um, we're watching it and my husband and I turn to each other at the same time and say that's Donnie freaking most Ralph Mouth is ugly <laughs> probably only about 15 of the listeners and you and I and Jen will know who that is but um, <laughs> absolutely hysterical um, the fact that they were ginger supremacists is just crazy. Uh, looking forward to the podcast. Thanks so much. Bye. I want to write a movie about ginger supremacists. Oh, my God. You know who you need to talk to? Is Bergetta's parents. Oh, are they ginger I had supremacists? This, I had this strange conversation <laughs> with Bergetta once about this is our friend who's from um, – Minnesota, and she moved out here, and she was, you know, saying like, oh, "I might not have kids. I might just adopt." And and her mother kind of freaked out. And her mother's only reason for freaking out about, you know, her daughter, who probably could very capably have children on her own, maybe not redheads, because I didn't. Think, she wasn't a redhead, but but her mother's her mother's only reason for her adopt not adopting was because what about the redheads? <laughs> what about the redhead children? Well, they say actually they th- there was like a study or something done in the UK where they realized that gingers were it was the last like the last uh, social or ethnic group that you're allowed to be prejudiced against, <gasps> and it's totally socially acceptable to be prejudiced against gingers. I've got a friend who's pregnant with her fourth child, and two of her three existing sons already have red hair, and <laughs> neither she nor her husband have red hair. So awesome. I think they're. I 
think they're okay. They're taking over. But uh, the whole concept of Ginger Supremacist was it pretty is. hilarious. Oh, it's adorable. Gingers run the world. <laughs> <laughs> but that concept was great. I loved that the Wemma moment. Uh, I just thought it was so neat, like to like to see him step up. You know, Will's stepping up this season. I'm, like, I'm still turned on from last week. Like Will's got <laughs> like was my pretty awesome. My first note from the episode was Schuster's evil, and I don't remember what it was about. I just remember like he has balls right now, and I think that's fantastic. And then the Maybe scene at the end where she was praying and she's like, "I get on my knees because I feel like it helps," and it just felt very honest and yeah. and heavy. And and it was not and, and it didn't have to do with the kids, which is also fun to see the the you know the adults being as as vulnerable. Uh, I loved all the Wemma stuff in this one. And I, and I actually I really appreciated that scene because I mean especially having watched the um, the Glee project and Ryan Murphy saying you know we've always wanted this you know Christian character and I'm like well you've got characters in your existing. Uh, existing series existing storylines who are faith-based are you know christ believing characters and they they're not you know like they they weren't so afraid to show it i mean in that you know there was the celibacy club and i mean now emma and and it was yeah it was very it was very honest and and I don't want to say desperate because I really don't think that was the the the, the feeling. But it was just sort of like, like this is what th- their beliefs were so strong, and this is the only way they know how to cope. So I mean, it was nice to see that. Uh, everybody's pointing out in the chat room that uh, Terry had triplets that were all redheads, which I totally forgot about. From, oh, Terry's, Terry's sister. sister. Oh. Kendra had triplets that were all redheads, which is pretty funny. Ed, are you missing Kendra? Ed, how did you feel yeah, about uh, Sandra? But maybe I was wrong. How did you feel about yeah, Wemma in this one? Um, what oh. was? It? I'm sorry. What was your question? I'm sorry, Ed. How did you feel about Wemma in this one? Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was a lot better than it could be, for sure, without question. <laughs> um, I was. I when when Will. I thought. I was like, Will, why are you? Why are you like mad at? at like when when she when he found the books of the or the wedding magazines. Like, yes. are you mad? You should be happy. I'm so confused. And, and the thing that I wanted her to come back and say was, well, I was left at the altar once, so I was <laughs> planning a wedding once. <laughs> I mean, that was my well, first I mean, thought. You're giving, you're giving this too oh much my credit God. to storyline cardinality. You need to <laughs> stop that. I thought she yourself. did the leaving. Bad Jen. Didn't she do but the leaving? No, no, no. Because remember, she was at the hall in her oh, wedding dress with that right. ice sculpture melting. Oh, wow. But I mean, regardless, she had wedding... I mean, Josh, I had wedding magazines before I met you. Well, I, I didn't pro- see them. I, did, I probably didn't move them <laughs> to California. But regardless, I'm just saying it was. It, I, I wish they focused a little bit more on what was in his box. <laughs> I think we all know what was in Still. his box. I mean, these, uh, this is the show also create or the creators of this show also did American Horror Story. So Aww. I think we can assume that there were. Parts of dead people. Okay, no. uh, just a quick aside. Ed, did you watch American Horror Story? Uh, no, I did not. I've okay. been crazy busy. Plus, oh, yes. I've been obsessed with X Factor Australia. Oh, oh, okay. Not, uh, not America. Uh, um, America, I find. Okay, I'm gonna just, quick aside. 
quick aside, seconds. really quick. The reason, the reason I like Australia so much is because the talent level isn't so high. And when you deal with countries like UK and America where there's the Leona Lewis's and the Kelly Clarkson, and it's so obvious they're the winner, it's like boring. You know what's going to happen. Right. So when, when, when you're watching Expector Australia, the, the, the talent level's pretty evenly set. Mm-hmm. And, and, and every performance actually matters. Okay. So so that's like you know like obviously we saw we saw last year on American Idol that Scotty didn't really need to perform that great to yeah, win. To win yeah. So so that's that's like it's like it actually matters. Like oh my god, a perform a, a performance show where the performance matters. Oh my god, God. Okay. Uh, well, we, sorry about that, Josh. <laughs> uh, three word reviews are catching on like wildfire. Uh, so here's the here's the thing about three word reviews. I told everybody if you send me a three word review, I will play it. If we get too many many of them, I will not be able to play all of them. But I will play as many as I can. But the thing about the three word review is that your voicemail is supposed to be, or your voicemail should be, "Hi, I'm Josh Brunell from North Hollywood, and my review is dot 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 three words," and then you hang up. All right. So, but a lot of people, they wow. were like, here's my three word review. And then they keep going, which is totally awesome for this week. Okay. Uh, so, but uh, it's just, you guys left so many good voicemails. So let's get in as many as we can. Here's a couple three word reviews. Hey, it's Allison. Uh, first of all, what up, Ed? And uh, second, I decided that I'd try to review each episode of Glee in three words because of last week. And uh, I was doing good with that idea. Until they had to go and do all those scenes with Mike Chang in a tank top, and I was dangerously close to choosing basically the same words as last week. Um, <laughs> but then I decided that uh, I probably should choose some different words, so I said, uh, stupid drama queens. Uh, I don't think Mercedes or Rachel should have gotten that part. Uh, they should have given it to, like, Tina or something, or someone who didn't even audition. Like, I don't even care. Both of them, especially Mercedes, needs to just calm her hormones a little bit. And, uh, yeah, so those are my words for the week, stupid drama queens. All right, bye. <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer's either nodding oh, vigorously really or butting her head against the microphone. <laughs> no, it's not. That was really cute. Uh, let's go some more. Hey, this is Sarah and Caitlin, and we have three-word reviews. My three-word, my three words are "grow up, Mercedes," <laughs> and my three words are "Mike got plot." As you can tell, I'm the more positive one. That's <laughs> one of the great episodes. It's just that Mercedes accuses them of handing Rachel parts, but she's kind of expecting them to do the same for her. She's not really trying her best, but she still expects to get the lead role in all the solos. I might just be biased because Rachel's one of my favorite characters, but either way, it led to the it's all over scene, which I thought was pretty awesome, so it's all good. And I just love the Mike storyline from that intense scene in the dance studio with his dad and Tina to his triumphant audition to that touching moment with his mom. Harry was pretty amazing in not just his dancing as usual, but in his singing and acting and even his facial expressions. They all just seemed so honest and genuine and brought a tear to my eye at the end. Amazing episode, period. And one last comment. Seriously? Not till November? Really? I know, but we left (laughs) off on a high note. Anyway, bye. That was totally choreographed. I love that message. That was amazing. <laughs> that was so much fun. Thank you. And because we don't get enough voicemails from gentlemen, here's listener Joe. Hey, Ed, Jen, and Josh. Listener Joe, Joe here. Two three-word reviews of Asian F and a short explanation. Season three good and totally new show. No need to say as good as season one. Season three is its own beast. More genuine that are playing in higher stakes. All the best. 
Joe makes a really good point there, too, yeah. is there are higher stakes in this season. I mean, with Absolutely. people moving away and, and going to college, I mean, this is their last chance to really make a dent. Yeah. Oh, I, I, th- I, thought, it meant, I thought he meant higher stakes in the fact that at the end of season one, they signed a contract for two years, and then <laughs> now it's season three, and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> turn it up. Uh, that's a good point, too. Yeah. Well, obviously, we got to talk about Mike Chang, and we'll take a listen to his song here in just a sec. Actually, let's take a listen to his song now, and then yeah. we'll come back and talk about Mike Chang. We got to see Mike Chang sing in this episode as well as dance. And Something tells me he was not doing them both at the same time. He's practicing. And he's pra- he's been practicing. So here's Cool on the Gleeful Podcast. Get cool, boy. Got a rocket in your pocket. Keep cooly cool, boy. Don't get hot, because, man, you got some high times ahead. Take it slow, and daddy-o, you can live it up and die in bed. Boy, stay loose, boy. Breeze it, buzz it, easy does it. Turn off the juice, boy. Go, man, go, but not like a yo yo schoolboy. Just play it cool, boy. Real cool. We met Mike's Chang's parents this week. Yes. We met his parents. He got he was the source of the Asian F, which in this case was an A minus. <laughs> and uh, we met his parents, his father, who did not want him to be a dancer, who just wanted him to be a better student and recover from the Asian F. Uh, from the Asian F. And his mother, who uh, turned out she wanted to be a dancer as well. It was a really touching storyline. Um, I, I wonder if it didn't get kind of overpowered by some of the Mercedes stuff. Uh, which was a bit more uh, a bit more impactful, but um, it, it, it it was a good storyline. Ed, I don't uh, I don't know I don't know if more impactful is what you want to say. I want to say more in your face. Yeah, okay. yeah. Good, I good I was kind of shrugging my shoulders at that same thing. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you you have an, a very good point. It was definitely not uh, um, it, 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 impactful. Is not quite the right word, but it was it was. It was interesting to see Mike. I mean, we got a lot of stuff from Mike. His his dancing with no music scene was a pretty impressive scene. Uh, and then this number, her, his first like singing number, was pretty impressive. Um, Ed, how did you feel about Mike Chang and the Fam? I thought I thought it showed a realist like a something that was like a real experience that people have. I mean, it might be a little bit extreme, but it's it's definitely like something that happens in real life. So. I'm in that level like when when this shows so much fantasy there's a, there's always a, there's always a level of reality like how many divorces how many widows like yeah. and that that's something that glee that made glee stand out in the beginning especially so I'm glad I'm glad it was there and I don't know it was it's kind of touching kind of touching yeah it's I don't the the only problem with it I think is it's kind of hard to talk about cuz it didn't really leave it open ended I mean they they tied it up pretty neatly because very quick. Like like with all of these characters that people complain about that they that they're like these people aren't getting enough storyline, they're like, oh, okay, we'll give you storyline. <laughs> they don't want they don't want they don't want anything to last more than that episode. This is this is Night of Neglect version two improved. <laughs> and and it's it's better, it's better, yeah. but they, they're like, Oh, okay, well here here you go. Here's all these characters that you say we never talk about and 
wrapping up, we never have to talk about it again until you complain and like, um, <laughs> it's been like 30 episodes since you talk about. So yeah, so. They, okay, okay, okay. Not okay, 3.0. Don't worry. They they were kind of like, all right, y'all wanted a Mike Chang. You wanted to get more from Mike Chang. So here's an episode where he gets plotline, uh, yeah. but don't don't get too excited. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 think it's gonna actually carry over to the next yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. d- you're just being ludicrous now. <laughs> but I mean, admittedly, it's not the Mike Chang show. No, no, and, and the thing is, oh, but, it's, but oh, go ahead. Whose show is it? I mean, I know, we know whose show it is, but I mean, <laughs> it's but, New I mean, Directions. Technically, all of their shows, technically. Yeah, and I think it's kind of okay. Yes, we. We do, and and Ed, you call me on it all the time, you know, trying to ground some of these storylines in reality. And it's like, you can't. We'll never get everything we want in a realistic amount over 22 episodes or however long the season is. But I I think it was still done in a very respectful way. And it's like, okay, fine. You, you you had the inner conflict. You you you, would, you addressed the issue. You addressed you know like the you know the the, the struggle of the heart and the struggle of uh, commitment to family. And you saw both sides. And then you saw the resolution. And then great, we now know who his parents are. So come graduation or come you know nationals in their senior year when we see them again it'll be cool you know we'll have some basis of reference and you know like we we do have to kind of remind ourselves like they're in a we're never going to see every minute of every person's waking moment because it's just (laughs) not you know it's all being condensed into one hour once a week and i think i think they did a really great job and like oh my god that 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 performance was so fantastic again you know the, the the movie version of West Side Story is one of my favorites, and like, he just did such a phenomenal job. And the 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 additional choreography and that whole scene was just amazing. So, and then even like the you know when he was dancing by himself and he was having that you know imaginary discussion with Tina and his, the imaginary discussion with his parents. It was it was so heartfelt and so it, it was very emotional for me. It was really well done. It was a really nice scene in the middle of the show. It was encapsulated in a yeah. way that you're like, okay, I'm, oop, that's a cat. Hi. <laughs> um, and as people are pointing out in the chat room, they did leave it open a little because, you know, we could still have some kind of a drama where his dad is like, this isn't what I want for you. And then his wife. We won't. We you know, won't. but yeah, I, I yeah, don't think it'll happen. They'll never have that confrontation. But, but it... I guess, you know, just in case they left it open. We also had, you know, an entire cast of West Side Story that was announced this week. Uh, Here's listener Lisa. Hi, guys. Listener Lisa from Cincinnati. I just wanted to check in with you guys on what you thought of the cast list for West Side Story. I thought it was pretty accurate. Those are who I would have cast as those roles, except for possibly Mercedes as Anita instead of Santana. But if Santana's going to come back, I think that's a perfect role for her. The only thing I'm wondering about is why they didn't cast um, other big roles like um, Bernardo, Chino, or maybe some of the lesser Jets, and they put Kurt as Officer Krupke. Uh, That's really not the role that I would have seen him in, um, and I probably would have um, put him as maybe um, like one of the Jets named like Baby John, who has some lines and is kind of more of a delicate gang member. Um, Mm -hmm. 
but I also was thinking um, for the role of um, for the role of Bernardo, I would think um, Puck would be perfect, and um, mm. Chino I think would have been Mike Chang if they had put somebody else as Riff, but I think he's a perfect Riff. So I wanted to hear what you guys thought of the cast list and maybe who you would cast in some of the other roles. Um, uh, the one I thought of was Tina. She would be perfect as the role anybody's, um, who's one of the pretty much the lead girl in the show, other yeah. than Maria and Anita. Um, she unfortunately doesn't have any singing, no but singing, yeah. they tend to not let Tina sing sometimes. <laughs> so I guess it would be perfect in this world. Uh, just wanted to let you know um, what I thought and see what you guys thought of the cast list. Thanks. Bye. For uh, the theater geeks in the house, uh, you're the only ones that'll laugh at this. I think Kurt should play anybody's. Anyway. Um, Honestly? <laughs> well, I mean, again, for the lack of singing, but I'm sure they could. I mean, I've been in school productions where certain characters haven't had lead roles, but yes. they've like somehow inserted the song for them. So there's no question. I mean... Th- she made the point of maybe Mercedes should have done Anita as opposed to Santana. Santana's kind of like born to play Anita. Um, and at, at the end of the day, I think it's just all building up so that at some point, Naya Rivera can perform America. I, I think it's just got, gonna happen. Oh, you know? I always thought it was like a, a boy like him. Yes. Seriously? Oh gosh. That's... <laughs> that's a pretty it, naughty song too. Oh, that's intense. It's It's so angry and... And I think it would let her vent a lot of frustrations. I mean, like... It's so Lima Heights at Jesus. But but the funny thing is, um, I don't know what he's doing. The cat's walking across the dining room table. He's never done this before. Um, The the thing is, they've never really addressed the fact that, you know, uh, Santana and um, Brittany are together this season, but you kind of... You know, well, you yeah, see it in every. They're not saying if they are, or they aren't. But there's everything in their demeanor and their behaviors that they are. So, I think it's just one of those songs. It's like so angry and so impassioned that I mean, like to me, that's the song. I re- when I saw that she was, you know, playing Anita, I'm like, oh, okay, that's the one. <laughs> like that's that's the song. That's it's pretty, yeah. Because the other one's kind of fun and silly and. Kurt is Officer Krupke would be pretty funny. In my experience, Officer Krupke is usually played by a teacher. Well, he was, he, but I think oh, it would be pretty funny to see Kurt do I it. I want to say it was our principal. Stephen Tobolowski should totally play. Oh, my God. I'm Sandy. That was, <laughs> when I was a junior, my boyfriend was a senior, and he was in The West Side he Story. Was. He, <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was He was ice. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, Well, we've also got, you know, you bring up Brittany and Santana. Brittany, we have this whole thing about the class president. Like, a lot happened in this episode. Um, Oh, my God. We have the whole thing about the class president now, which Rachel is uh, uh, now competing against Kurt and Brittany for class president, which is an interesting concept. And... I really liked Finn at the end of this episode where Rachel said, who are you going to vote for? And he said, I don't know. You know, just kind of straight up saying, like, you've got enough stuff. You don't need to be hurting other people, too. But, I mean, okay, again, just to go back to exactly what he said, he said he was responding to Kurt when Kurt asked him, who are you going to vote for? And he said to Rachel, I said to Kurt, I don't know. Hmm. So, I mean, like... I think my, my, my... Well, no, I mean, there's a subtle, subtle difference (laughs) to me, to me in my head, because he's now just telling her what he told Kurt. 
he's not telling Rachel how he feels, but he's just telling her how, what he told Kurt. Hmm. You think there's a subtle difference there? I, I don't know. I just I, the whole thing. I, Trust the, me on this one. The class president thing feels a little tacked on because we've already got two glee clubs. We've got Sue's campaign, and we have the school play. And it feels like this class president thing is kind of for everyone else. It's like for the mm-hmm. people that aren't involved in anything else, they're going to be involved in that. It, it, it's the one plot line that I'm not. Like, I, it's fun, you know, the unicorn stuff and, and it, you know, when she was doing like, I'm going to be your class president, yay. Which, by the way, Brittany yeah. apparently is not stupid anymore. Like, well, wait, in this episode, she was like on fire exactly. mentally. Like when she was being the reporter and she yes. was like very lucid and... And I kept waiting for, waiting for her to do like the tongue in cheek, like, I'm j- I just memorized that off Wikipedia. But no, she totally, like, she seems almost too quick. Um, but... Santana was smiling awfully hard next to her, almost as if she fed her all those lines. Yeah, well, I think that was what they were going yeah. for, but it didn't quite play. I don't know. Ed, how do you feel about this whole class president thing? It sounds like a storyline that they're actually going to keep up with. It definitely is. It's definitely a storyline we're going to keep for a while. But wait I mean, a second. I, they're seniors. When is the election going to be held for senior class president? Well, for, for my school, it's the year before. That's so. mine, too. Exactly. I'm so. kind of confused why this is happening so late. Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's still like the second week of school where it's like time. We don't really know how fast time is exactly going. But I mean, for you, it, is it taking away from the other plot lines or, or is it just kind of working for you? I mean, it's, it's not distracting. I mean, it was it was an integral part of I Am Unicorn. So that's true. So that I think true. I think it was I think it's there and I, I'm not upset by it as long as it's I, it's kind of nice to have something that's like just kind of there and in the background and kind of creates outside tensions other than what is immediately happening. Yeah. Well, it's a, it'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out in regards to everything else. I, I think that what they're trying to do is kind of set up a cascade. So every few episodes, we're going to have Shelby's, you know, a big a showdown between Shelby's Glee Club and their ep- Glee Club. And then a couple episodes later, we'll have class president elections. Then a couple episodes later, we'll have sectionals. Like, I think they're trying to build it. So every couple episodes, we have some kind of big, you know, event to culminate on which you know in the past has worked i mean the best episodes usually are sectionals regionals and then nationals uh even though nationals was a bit of a letdown that does seem to be kind of what they're going for um or it might be it might be you know uh what things are going to turn out to be i don't know it'll be interesting to see uh see how it turns out but you know the one thing that we need to discuss before we go the big topic for conversation is going to be why this. Hey, Justin and Ed. Um, it's Lisa and Annabelle. I have a couple words to say to you. November. Aww. November. Okay, so the season premiere that everyone was anticipating was two weeks ago, and then after the third episode, they say, oh, since this episode was so good, that was an air quote, was so good, we're just going to make you wait another month because it is barely October, and they say, oh, just wait until November, and they give you two songs that I actually know, Candyman and Last Friday Night, as opposed to the Broadway songs they've been doing. And, yes, so I'm very mad about that, and I'm sure you get there, too. November. Anyways, love your podcast. <laughs> Bye. November. November. No. Oh, my God. 
It's crazy, right? We're three episodes in and we're already going to take a month break. But okay, when in November? Is it going to be like the week of Thanksgiving, the week after Thanksgiving? I'd read four weeks, but I don't remember. That's Ed, do you, have, do you know the date off the top of, of your head? No, I don't know the date off the top of my head. It's crazy though, right? I mean, uh, this is... We're doing it again. We're doing the giant breaks again that that like robs the show of of narrative urgency and and just makes it hard to watch. I don't know. I'm I'm disappointed. I'm 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 annoyed. Uh, anybody else want to jump on me here? You're just gonna leave me out in the cold with the annoying <laughs> November first is the date on TV.com. Uh, so we're losing wow. two weeks. Um, nothing. Okay, let's close well. it out then. Well, I mean, I mean, it's not, I, I mean, it's I frustrating, but what can you do? We're, we are, we are, but powerless specters. If nothing else, we're used to it. Okay, but I will have to say, um, Brittany's dancing and singing—well, her her dancing is always mesmerizing. Her singing is getting much, much better when she's not trying to sound like Britney Spears. Britney Spears. Yeah. She sounded really good. But seriously, that outfit. Can I do that for Halloween? <laughs> the the dominatrix God, football player. God, that is so cute. <laughs> yeah, See, you, you know, you know what? I can't. <laughs> you know what would make this worth it? This break is if for the next two or three weeks they reran the episodes with deleted scenes and like did something yes. to it. Make- if they gave us an extra twenty minutes Holy. that they cut out of the finale, so we got to see more evil Quinn's mischievous. Well, I mean, with, you know, with every thinkings. episode, I. I'm pretty yeah. sure that with every episode, they they at least run over five minutes in the story, at least. And, I mean, it'd be nice to see that. Because I, I, I know Fergalicious happened in season one, and I've always, I always wondered how that was going to be. Oh, yeah, songs that they cut, the, so, the couple songs that they cut over the years. Or they could just, or, or well, you know what they should do for real, though? Um, when they have, like, a break and they have, like, they don't want to do an episode, they should do, like, a compilation of the best songs that were cut. Hmm. throughout this like just just yeah. like like i realize the context won't be there but obviously the context wasn't strong enough to begin with otherwise they wouldn't have been cut so it would it would definitely add something it would definitely give us something to talk about as a podcast but i think we have to pay <laughs> for that i think that's unfortunately yeah you know. like we have to like tweets to be whipped before we get that <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean physically paid i mean financially pay for it yeah they'd have to pay for the I rights think, to i the think songs. we have to no i think we no i think we have to it has to be included like on a dvd extra like i yeah. think honestly oh, we I, have to pay I will it. not have to, i will not buy another season of glee until like a year after it's finished because once it's all done they're gonna put it together in a box set and they're gonna say here it is and then like six months after that they're gonna say here it is with everything that you missed and then six months after that they're gonna say okay here is absolutely everything we kept from you yeah they just keep adding stuff exactly. on <laughs> and then when the series is all over they're like here's the complete series set yes. with never before seen scenes hey, yeah i've drank the george lucas kool-aid Many, many times. <laughs> I know how this works. Uh, well, we have one more voicemail to go out on, which I think kind of summed up the way a lot of us have been feeling um, about this season. And uh, because he's a friend of the show. Mike D? Hello, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is Michael from the far off land of New Jersey. Uh, I just wanted to say that um, what the hell happened to Glee? When did it become a good show again? <laughs> I'm actually really enjoying it this year. Uh Mike Chang, incredible this week at the moment with his mom dancing. It was terrific. Um, I'm pumped to see the 
battling glee clubs. It's better than stringing out the uh, Sue hates the glee club storyline. At least it's something else. So I'm glad we're getting to see a bunch of different characters and all that. And I'm trying to talk quick because I know Josh doesn't like long messages. All right, take care, guys. Bye. There was so much truth in that message. Oh, but by the way, <laughs> just so everybody feels better about this, even when I, his wife of almost two years, leave him a voicemail, I know I have to get it under a minute. So he'll still listen to it. <laughs> my brain, my mind just starts to wander. Uh, well, uh, I think that's a bit. Uh, do we have anything else from the uh, that we want to talk about, Jennifer? I'm um, no, I'm good. I think, I think, I think Stinky's on. Stinky, you there? Oh. Say hi to Josh if you're there. Uh, and uh, and Ed, anything else? Um, just iTunes reviews. Oh, I think we- my. I think my lack of sleep is catching up with me. I hear you. Well, we will definitely say good night now. Uh, and um, I do know we did miss one thing. We did not mention um, the we It's have Not be, Over We have number. like three weeks to talk about this. We'll yeah, talk about so we'll that. talk about oh, It's Not actually, Over next week. We can redo the first three episodes there over the go. next three weeks. This is where you talk about them. Uh, Ed, would you like to thank any iTunes reviewers? Yes. Uh, Dragon Lady 53 Sinatra Fan 1978, Lulu Hansen. And I think that's our all the new ones. Thank you all very right. much for reviewing us. Well, Thank go you. ahead. Uh, yes, definitely check out online. Um, and uh, uh, yes, review us online. Check out the website at gleefulpodcast.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. Uh, and on Facebook, just search for Gleeful Podcast. Also on Twitter, you can find me at Josh Brunell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. And he's at Edward Giordano. For the Gleeful Podcast, it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say next. You, you just, and it's kind of funny because usually I know when you're thinking, but I just saw nothing in your eyes. You were totally stumped. I was just stumped. Uh, for the Gleeful Podcast of Josh Internet, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. Hashtag Glee Hire Ed. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Good night, Interesting. everyone. <laughs> Good night, Stinky. I just want to say hello Moto237. I'm insanely jealous that you get to meet Three Wishes. They're my favorite. I'm in love with Sophia. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You were saying that's the next Black Eyed Peas? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean like in a good way, like early Black Eyed Peas when they were I I did... mean I meant in the way that commercial and could produce and have a have a long standing career like it, they 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 you cannot deny that they have had a long career and three wishes deserves that i believe i will i will give them a try because like early like like uh, uh that song they did with macy gray like before fergie i like everything the black eyed peas did before was it like fergie phone joined line the band. or something it was like dj man yeah something like that and it was really good know. but uh i mean i'm just, yeah i i can't i mean I, as as much as 
as much as I like don't like to give Will I Am credit, his songs are insanely catchy. It's like yes, like I find myself doing boom boom pow. I got a feeling, uh, my hump uh, mashups constantly. Like I literally don't stop because they're all the same song. They they are quite similar in terms of <laughs> beat. <laughs> But they're, they're still they're still fun songs. <laughs>